Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Pineapple Headache with your co-host, me and Madison. Hi. Today, we have two very special guests, our two friends from their own podcast. Yes. Crystal and Summer. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Are we your first guest on the podcast? Yes. (gasps) So honored. Wow, so excited. Such excited. Wow. Oh my god. Collab. We love to see it. (laughs) Wow. Well, y'all are also going to be our first guests. But this is um, full circle because we got inspired by you guys, by your podcast. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to start ours. Oh my god. Women supporting women. (laughs) Collab. Crystal and Summer are our friends from college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, when you're in college, you get to meet different people from different walks of life and so today we're going to be talking about immigration and movement because all of us have moved somewhere in our lives um some farther than others so let's just begin with kind of introducing made in hong kong the podcast the team behind them so summer or crystal whoever wants to introduce themselves y'all can go do you want to go <laughs> i go here i can introduce the <clears throat> podcast because i was the one who came to summer with the idea um so our podcast i know inspired by y'all so our podcast is basically um just us talking about our experience of moving um because we both moved to the u.s when we were 16 a really weird age um and growing up like and during that moving process i never really had like resources or like someone to share the experience with because it was so specific and so um I was like we should just talk about our experiences and and share them with maybe people who are going through the same thing as as us or it's like a very relatable thing you know like moving it's been really fun like I feel like we talk about a lot of things that we have forgotten about usually in the podcast um and it's just a nice like passion project on the side Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's been a very fun experience and i think it's always just good to like talk about like our culture and how someone to understand it we always have good conversations yeah i think it grounds me in my hong kong roots a lot okay and then chin just to like make sure can you all introduce the two of you so everyone can distinguish which voice is who (laughs) because they're only going to get audio yes um so this voice hello (laughs) is crystal um (laughs) yes this voice um and uh should i talk about how we met like how do i introduce myself i'll just say facts about myself i guess oh yeah like tell us well well now we know that you're from you you are not like we were not born here but like tell us like where you are now anything anything funny oh now i am in la um and I am still in school. I'm still in grad school um, in Hong Kong. Well, so my sleep schedule is messed up, but that's okay because education. And I'm studying social work right now. Um, and I am a Pisces and I love Disney. <laughs> um, and yeah, I met Christian Madison our freshman year. And I think I met Christian first, I'm sh- pretty sure. And then I eventually met Madison later on because we just had a lot of mutual friends. And we have kept the friendship, well, obviously till now, because we are post-grad. 
Yeah. Okay. So, and this voice is Summer, and I'm the youngest here. Like Crystal, I'm also from Hong Kong. Right now, I'm in San Francisco, living with my parents because of COVID, and I'm a senior at LMU, studying marketing, psychology minor, and I don't know. Well. I'm graduating in a month. Yes, she is a graduate. Yeah. How I met Madison and Christian. I feel like I don't remember exactly, but I feel like I have seen y'all in my freshman year. I feel like we've always been socially adjacent because you're friend with all of my bigs. Um, but we didn't yeah. get close until my junior year, and we became roommates. It was fun time. And they were roommates. <laughs> Roommates. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for the introductions. Okay. So today, like I said, we're going to talk about immigration and movement because all of us are affected by someone or ourselves moving somewhere uh, away from our homes. So yeah. So like Crystal and Summer uh, moved from Hong Kong here to the West Coast. America and my life has been affected a lot by a lot of movement. I am a second generation Asian American, so my parents immigrated from the Philippines here to the southern part of America in Texas and then I ended up moving to the West Coast to LA for college and I'm still here and then Madison. Oh, we're I moved from um, the great town of Sacramento, California, to Los Angeles. You mean Angeles. The, the state capital? That no one knows about? Yes, the state capital. Yeah, um, Gavin Newsom is there. Our governor is there. Okay, so it, like, matters. Also, like, the gold rush. <laughs> okay. My I'm third generation Asian American on my mom's side, so my grandparents immigrated here from the Philippines. And on my dad's side, I think he's like thirteenth generation American. Like his family goes That's really a far long back. Time. Yeah, so they've been here for a while. Um, but then on my mom's side, they're obviously a lot more recent. Um, so I'm like both at the same time. And then I yeeted Yeet. to LA for college, just like yep, just like everybody else. Yeah, and then so that would make Madison a third generation. Asian American. Mm-hmm. So then Summer and Crystal, what did we say? You said 1.5. There's a difference between one version and like 1.5. Yeah, I mean, my parents yes. actually moved to the US like when they were younger and my dad like did school here and my mom's whole family moved here. But then my mom and dad decided to go back to Hong Kong. And then I came here. So I don't know what I am. Whoa, why did they wait? Why did they go back and forth? Because my dad's side of the family was in Hong Kong. And I think they just like liked Hong Kong better. Mm. But my mom's side of the family, a lot of them are still here. So technically, I am. Mm. I don't know mm. what that would I would be. But it's okay. We don't need boxes here. But I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> You're right. No labels. No labels. But also educational. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, so summer would be. One and a half? 1.5. Well, yeah, I would just be 1.5, I think, because I still moved at a relatively mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. age. Um, I think my parents will probably be first generation. But then, um, 
Yeah. But your grandparents are here. Yeah, my grandparents are here, but... Did they move before or after? Okay, so my grandparents are here, but they came here like 40-something. Did your grandparents move like before you and your parents came or after? Before. Mm. Uh Uh-huh, like 20 years before, I think. Oh. Yeah. But I didn't have any influence. They don't really have any influence in my life. Okay. Because mm. they're here. <laughs> so, um, before we get into like you know like the specific the stories of how y'all ended up here, um, in California from Hong Kong, which is like way way far away, I'm gonna ask our in-house APAM miner. Can you just please like explain to the folks back home mm-hmm. what like 1.5 gen or like the different generations? Yeah. All the terms. Yes. Okay. So, um, contrary to popular belief and the dictionary, because I just fought my uncle about this recently. Yes. So, at least in Asian American studies, we use the term first generation to refer to the generation that is, like, the immigrant generation. So, it's often, like, you know, the adults, like, people's parents who move here before they're born here and stuff. Because, like, I think the dictionary says, like, and a lot of people think first generation just means the first generation of, like, kids who are born and raised here. But in Asian American studies, like we usually just say first generation is that first that first immigrant generation who comes, right? So then um second generation would then be like, you know, the common thing of like, you know, adults move here and then they settle down and then they have kids who are born and raised here and that would be the second generation. But then like, you know, throughout history there's always been those people like who come like as kids, like if their whole families like immigrate here, so they're actually born somewhere else and then they come here. And, like, especially if they can, like, you know, remember life, like, before immigrating and then, like, now they have a whole different life they have to figure out after immigrating. That's, like, the 1.5 generation because you're, like, between those two. So, it's, like, not exactly fitting in either of those. And, yeah, and I'd say, like, most people I know, like, that I've met who are, like, also Asian American, like, in our age group are often, like, 1.5 or second generation because of just how recent Asian American immigration history is. There's not a lot of, like third fourth fifth etc people here thank you for the lesson yeah (laughs) the expertise yes i got an expensive piece of paper saying that i was knowledgeable in this stuff and i didn't even get to walk for it because of the coronavirus (laughs) i love being educated i'm glad i know this stuff still okay so summer and crystal y'all well y'all have like both separately moved but you kind of moved to america around the same age right so like can either you just kind of go into like you know the journey making like coming from hong kong and immigrating to america Mm -hmm. such a loaded question (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) i don't know how like to break it down (laughs) well i guess i'll go first um so my journey was i guess it started in 2014 maybe um, when my mom just told me that oh like our green card application got approved by the US government and it was just all I didn't know they have been applying this whole time and from what I've heard we waited for 12 years for it to get approved how old were you so then okay so I was how old are you okay so <laughs> How old would you have been if your when your parents applied for like your Korean cards and everything? Like two or three, I think. Wow. Like yeah, we waited for twelve years, and then yeah, my mom just told me that oh, it got approved and we're gonna move. Um, 
And then, yeah, back then I didn't really like have. I I haven't given much thought about it, or I was just like, okay, okay, then we're we're gonna move. Um. So then that yeah, that whole year, I was just like living life as nothing happened. Um. Even though knowing that like at the end of that school semester, I will be moving, and I was fifteen when I moved. It was. The summer of two thousand fifteen, I believe, and then I just got here. And at the beginning, my both of my parents came here with me, and my parents they stayed for two months. My dad stayed for two months, and then my mom stayed it longer. Then that whole time, we were just living with my grandparents. Honestly, like after my dad left and school also started, I was just. I think it was a culture. Shock because I was, I wasn't very like used to the U.S. education system and like being in such a big school, and I feel like I always have that image that I have to be in a certain way when I, when I'm in the U.S. It's just very different from the Hong Kong classroom、mm-hmm. and system because like. In Hong Kong education system, like you have this class of people that you go to every class with, but then here you basically move, you go to your own classes. Like you don't really get a group of people to be with you except homeroom. So I think back then it was harder for me to make friends at the beginning, and I was also very reluctant to like make friends with people who are from. Who are from mainland China back then? Funny story. My first friend was actually from mainland China, but then I was like trying to not do that just because. Well, I was pretty racist back then. I feel like aren't we all? Weren't we all gross? <laughs> I think it was just that because school is very different, and it was hard harder to make friends at the beginning. Even though I have friends, it's not the same type of friendship I had. When I was in Hong Kong, and then later on,、um, I think after winter, my mom also left and went back to Hong Kong, and I was just here alone with my grandparents, and that was the hardest time because, you know, like I didn't know my grandparents that well growing up because they've always been in the U.S., and sometimes it just kind of feel like I'm living with strangers,、um, in a house, and I didn't really have people that. I can talk to, and yeah, that was just a really hard time transitioning. Yeah, I mean, similarly, like it was such a hard time in my life at that age. I would say I think for me it was a little bit different because I do have U.S. citizenship because my family did, like, was based here before,、um, and so I think that was so for me it was more of a choice. And I always like wanted to come to the U.S. for like. College, but I knew like I had to move at some point because the Hong Kong just like ex- university entrance exam is so hard, and my Chinese was so bad that I knew I was gonna fail, and no school was gonna accept me. <laughs> I was gonna move earlier actually, but then I decided not to because I like that was when I started getting really involved in school in Hong Kong, and so I waited like one more year, which <clears throat> that is why I moved at such a late stage. I feel like people often like if they. Are determined to go to high school in the U.S. They often move like before high school, like before ninth grade. It was so hard because I had developed a lot of like good friendships and finally felt comfortable in my school,、Ooh. which was a very small school, very small public、um, 
Catholic school, all girls school. Yeah, I had made really good connections there and I had really established kind of like confidence there. And then I had to move, which is not anyone's fault. Like I wanted to move and stuff, but it was still hard because then my school, my public my school that I went to here in the US was so big. Like there were 600 kids in my class and it was just really hard to get to know people. And as an introvert, I am when I'm put in a not conf- like not a space I'm not comfortable in. I'm just like I just shrivel up like a prune. Like I just can't. <laughs> oh I don't my know. god! Even like the first day at LMU, I had to muster up all my courage to go to go say hi to Nina because I was like, I need friends. But yeah, so I just I made like two friends or like yeah two friends, and then I met friends through like one of my friends I met in class senior year and stuff but even then like I it was just such a hard time and I think I thrive in like in social groups with people I'm comfortable with so that was hard and my mom actually moved with me in high school and stuff I think that was a blessing because we got really close in that time but it was so sad because we didn't get to celebrate like Chinese New Year and like all the different festivals we always celebrate like mid-autumn festival and stuff because it's usually such a big deal in Hong Kong well that was a little bit sad but I did have family here so that helped me settle in a little bit but emotionally I was yeah I was really sad um and even like freshman year I think going into college was when I finally started adjusting fully um so the two years in high school I just was kind of there and because in 2014 when I moved um there's a lot of political stuff going on in Hong Kong as well so I think that like made me feel guilty and like heartbroken that I couldn't be home or that I'm I'm like away but even like freshman year I don't know if you remember Christian because I'm pretty sure my Hong Kong like culture shock came out because even like when we were eating like at our cafeteria and stuff I don't know if you were there specifically for this moment Christian but um I remember I was like can someone pass me pass me the tissue paper and then somebody was like tissue paper oh my gosh I was there were you there like you guys call it a napkin here and I call it tissue paper but then tissue paper in the U.S. means like the gift tissue paper I don't know yeah like the grip wrapping paper yeah so that just like stuck stuck out to me but I think freshman year like getting to know other Asian Americans um and other just people from the U.S. in general that really like heightened my culture shock because I didn't really have much to compare to like in high school since I didn't really like socialize that much but yeah, like now thinking back and like talking about it, it's like, oh, that was a rough time in, in my life and stuff. But like in that moment, it was it was really hard. Yeah, I, I like I feel like I can relate to that a little bit because like moving to Los Angeles for school, like I didn't really know anybody. And it was just me, like my parents dropped me off and they're like, OK, bye. And I was like, what do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think for, yeah, like for a time, like I did feel that kind of sense of like loneliness and like I'm just wanting to like get through stuff day by day and kind of that I don't know there's like I feel like there's like kind of a numbness to when you're adjusting to a new place where you're like not completely there because you're always thinking of you know home and stuff so did either of you ever do you either of you ever still have this feeling of homesickness or like longing to go back because I know you two do also go back to Hong Kong still like like you're not like here and that's it like you still go back and visit like friends and family when you're back there so like what's it like you know whenever you're here and you feel homesick um is the first question and also like going back to hong kong after now having 
are you know settled into a new life here so i guess those are two very loaded questions these are good questions so many loaded questions well because i was just in hong kong for the past few months and i was just very depressed i was just very sad because i think a lot of my growth and a lot of my i guess intellectual stimulation as well as like my language and the way i talk and stuff it's very shaped by you guys you know like my friends from college and i feel like because we develop so much in college like my mindset has totally shifted to the u.s kind of mindset and language and stuff and so going back was actually harder than i expected like in 2019 when i was back in the summer like i was like i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna start working here and i'm gonna settle down in hong kong and stuff and then i went back after we graduated and i was like this is so different i think just because i've grown like i've had the opportunity to grow in a way that maybe a lot of my friends haven't been able to grow in that way and i think a lot of it is learning about the social injustices that the u.s has but then at the same time, putting those concepts into the Hong Kong atmosphere is not the same. Like, it, it just doesn't really work. And so I think in that sense, like, I've kind of realized that just every country has different rhetorics and stuff. But if for me, it's hard to not place the U.S. rhetoric when I'm home. And I think just a lot of topics of conversation, I realize how people around me or just like my parents are pretty, like, like racist and homophobic and stuff but at the same time it's hard for me to judge that based on what they know being only in Hong Kong and stuff but I think even with like talking to friends and stuff you see that gap um in the way you think and in the way you interact and especially because I'm in school right now I can really tell the difference of how I stand out and I don't know if it's such as imposter syndrome but I I just felt so insecure because I felt like people were going to single me out and I felt like because my Chinese isn't the best like they would I don't know feel like I'm not fully Hong Kong and stuff and even like when I tell people I went to the U.S. for undergrad and stuff I just feel so weird sharing that because I don't know I don't want them to think of me differently and I think part of it is because I really still want to be a Hong Kong local and I still want to fit into that because I grew up in that but then I think I just came had to come to terms with the fact that I'm not that it's just hard to recognize like you're both and I'm sure this happens like not because not just for like cross-national like immigration too like I'm sure like you both like Christina Madison you both feel that with your hometowns and like LA as well I think it's just a process and it's a journey like I, there's no answer to it I think I just I'm just there's just imposter syndrome in both um do you feel like you carry yourself differently like when you're in Hong Kong versus here because I like like I definitely do it when I go back to Texas like there are certain I guess like clothes that I wouldn't really want to wear out or like I wouldn't want to talk about certain topics especially like hot button topics when it comes to like politics and stuff that I just straight up avoid but like when I'm with like y'all like you know we kind of talk about the social justice stuff like a lot it's very casual very just like, yeah very casually but those hey, are like things that I could just never talk about like when I'm with like friends or family back home because it's just not as easy yeah. to talk about. <clears throat> yeah I, I avoid politics sometimes because I just realize it's it's just it's a process it's a process um and also like with language as well I don't know how to like talk about like the language you use to talk about social justice here 
in like I don't know how to translate that in Cantonese and also I feel like um also being back in Hong Kong for the past like seven months that I was there coming back I had to adjust to that language that we always use in terms of social justice um yeah I don't know Summer do you yeah feel that you have to I think do that so as well? like when I go back to Hong Kong I feel like like what you said, the conver- the type of conversations that we have is just very different. I don't really talk about social justice with my friends or family very often. And like what you said, I think language-wise, I also don't know how to translate some of the language I use here into Cantonese. Um, and I feel like also politics in Hong Kong right now is just very complicated that I will try to avoid addressing it. Um, And aside from language and conversation, Mm -hmm. I think also just my mom made a comment about how I dressed when I was in Hong Kong. So like, I think being here, I'm more comfortable with just wearing tank tops or like shorts, you know, especially in LA because it's hella hot. But Hong Kong is also super hot and it's very humid. And when I went back, I will like just wear tank tops and like maybe it's a little, I don't know, revealing. And then my mom was like, no, like you can't wear that here. Like you can do it in the States, but you can't do that in Hong Kong. You have to cover up yourself a little bit more. And also just another thing is I feel like being going back to Hong Kong sometimes, I feel like people have a certain expectation of what an American like an Asian American or ABC should be like they think that oh you I don't you'll be more westernized or look like ABGs I don't know and then going back I know that I don't fit into that stereotypes and going back I kind of sometimes I feel the pressure that I have to look a certain way or act a certain way like I need to make some of the English in my in my Cantonese to I don't know, to adhere to certain stereotype to let people know that, oh, I'm doing good in America. But yeah, I sometimes I just feel that pressure that and like I have to fit into those boxes. That's so interesting because I feel like when I'm in Hong Kong, I try to fit the Hong Kong boxes. Like I try to I don't not know if it's speak because, English as like, much. I don't know. I don't know. Just it's so interesting how like so interesting story like when I first before I moved to the U.S. my my friend gave me like a a gift a farewell gift and then she gave me a pack of bras with different sizes that I still don't fit until now it's like really big bras and then she was like oh like yeah well when you go to america you like have Why? bigger like your body figure will be different and then you have like bigger boobs what <laughs> but like <laughs> does that happen okay, okay i don't I think know. it works like that and i, I don't think, think it works like that but then i think in some way it also shows that like at least among my friends, the te- the stereotypes that they have for being like ABC. Because growing up, like in my area, is I don't have any international school friends. And I think like when you don't know that certain type of group, you just kind of believe in a stereotype. 
And then Madison, I mean, you only went, you're a six-hour drive away from your yeah, two places. Yeah, so boring. I stayed in the same state and everything. And I grew up coming to LA all the time because my mom's family lives Is here. Is there any adjustment at all that you feel like whenever you go back to Sacramento? Like, I guess I just have to mentally prepare myself to encounter more, like, yeehaw people. <laughs> yeehaw! And conservative people because... Well, because, like, Sacramento is way smaller, so it's, like, it's not really a city city. Like, I guess the downtown area is kind of urban, but, like, you know, five minutes from my house, it's farmlands, rural, horses are everywhere and stuff. Like, that's kind of where I'm coming from, but still kind of, it's, like, suburban, kind of rural, kind of urban. It's, like, all of them at the same time. Um, But, like, I felt like I already knew, kind of, with, like, coming to L.A. I was, like, yeah, I come to L.A. all the time, so I'm, like... I feel like I kind of grew up being like, oh my god, I can't wait to move to LA, like the big city life, no more of this like, Sacramento, as they call it. Sacramento, (laughs) okay. Yeah, well, the one thing I do like adjusting to when I'm home is there's parking everywhere, and the traffic isn't as bad, so there's positive things about it, but there's just, I feel like, a lot less to do, and a lot, I feel like this is so, this is like not at all deep compared to everybody else, but it's just like, the culture, I guess, is like a little bit different, because like, there's NorCal versus SoCal subcultures that are always happening with like, lingo and stuff, Um, and just people in Sacramento tend to be more conservative, and like, they look at places like San Francisco or LA as they're like, oh my god, these like, crazy liberal places, this and that, and like, my family members who live in like northern california like near sacramento they're pretty conservative so it's like i basically just have to not you know like i'm definitely not having the same kinds of conversations like we would be having about social justice and like whatever's happening right now and unpacking anything like at any given time during our four years at lmu through that social justice lens like that generally probably does not happen when i go home because there's not really other people to talk about that stuff with. But yeah, it's not, there's not a really deep, I don't have any deep thoughts compared to anybody else. It's just a little more yeehaw, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's nice to hear their perspective from mm-hmm. like moving within the state too. Because I feel like whenever people talk about moving, you just think about mm-hmm. cross border, cross like to get on a plane and fly 15 hours kind of thing. But it's like everyone has their own experiences and like with oh, yeah. even within oh, yeah. California, I mean, like, and so regional like, differences are also a thing. Like they different. can stand California out a lot. So yeah, California has so many different like subcultures and stuff. Like when Christiane and I went to like Bakersfield last week, I was just like, "This is literally like what most of California looks like." Like the parts that are like San Francisco and LA, or even like the urban parts of like Sacramento, those are just like kind of their own little things. And then it's like in reality, California is a lot of farmlands, mm-hmm. a lot of yeehaw, <laughs> a lot of uh nature like it's just mm-hmm. so so much like diversity within the state too within like just like cultures and all that this is a question for all for anyone here but do you ever feel the sense like when you go back home that you have the sense like time moves way differently or you've just developed like very differently to com- compare to other people and there's like now that you've been away for a while, there's this weird disconnect between like the people that you've known most of your life and like, you know, the life that you've lived oh, separately yeah. away from like them. a like you've basically gone and lived your like protagonist of a coming of age yeah. in a city girl film and then you go back. <laughs> or like at the beginning of the rom com when it's like going mm-hmm. back home for the holidays. Yeah, where it, it just feels hooking up with someone. It just feels like time moves slower when you go back home or like it feels like 
either time moves slower or there's changes that you've missed that you don't really that doesn't really seem familiar to you anymore yeah um well with like sacramento because it's like it's like one of those areas where like there is that urban like center but like you know there's a lot more like suburbia and like rural areas around it but now like just with you know the changing economy the changing of the times and stuff it's like a lot of in my lifetime and since i've been gone i've seen a lot of like you know fields being turned into apartment buildings fields being turned into like strip malls and stuff like a lot of that kind of thing where it's like all that empty space is like being developed um because it's like how much is changing and also because you know like a lot of people live in sacramento to commute to the bay area for work because of how insane the housing is in the bay area so like people are literally commuting like four hours a day to go work in san francisco from sacramento so a lot of those people are like you know there's a lot more of that happening and just different jobs moving around so a lot of like sacramento county i think is like developing because there's a lot of like empty fields that kind of are nothing (laughs) but i'm seeing those kind of being turned into like you know new neighborhoods or new this and that or like one of my childhood friends like her family moved when we were in high school to this new neighborhood where it was it was so new it wasn't even on like google maps yet like you looked on maps and it was a field because the neighborhood had just been developed and it's like a lot of areas where you drive through where it's a lot like really empty space and they have all the signs for different like real estate things advertising like oh keep going like this way 0.4 miles and there's like this neighborhood and it's like i'll drive through those areas like with my dad or something and then we're just like you know in like 10 or 20 years like this is just going to be houses or like this is just going to be like that kind of stuff so i feel like sacramento's just kind of been on that general path for a while but i think once you're like gone for like you know months or a year at a time before you come back and then it's like all of a sudden like that's hitting you it's like oh this like feels like it's happening a lot faster than like you know when i lived here and it was still happening i feel the same way because like i live in like a suburb in houston like it's only a 20 minute drive to get into the like the more urban area of Houston and I so I live in an area that's a little bit more yeehaw um but whenever I go home there's like a new apartment complex being built there's a new like restaurant that's just opened and like all of these different things that I'm like oh I would never usually find this in Channel View Texas Mm -hmm. but even then like when I go you know into the more urban parts of Houston like there's new freeways being built and like new streets that are being formed and there's construction everywhere and every time i go home my dad is always like yeah more people are moving from california to texas because it's cheaper to live in and i'm like okay but i think it just be it's just interesting trying to see that development when you've been gone you know for months at a time and just being like oh this is not like how i remember leaving like the city that i remember leaving like all those years ago yeah i think Hong Kong okay because Hong Kong is like so fast-paced most of it is like city like even like the parts that are outside the main city are little cities on its own I think just things change so fast like within a year I think the same building place changed like three times or something Summer do you know what I'm talking about in Mong Kok got off phone they changed it from like a little shopping center to H&M and they're changing it again now yeah I think it's just like you go to the places that you always go to and you don't even realize that they change it but then it feels different and then you look and then you're like oh my god it's changing again I feel like though when I'm back home it feels like time moves differently because I feel like I'm on pause like I feel like my life is on pause I feel like when I'm living at home I'm so like taken care of 
And then I feel like so that's like, see, that's like the continuous feeling that I got when I was home for the past seven months is that I couldn't really do much for myself and there was no independence or freedom of searching and doing my own thing. I mean, I was also in school, but like being at home, it's just you're just so taken care of. And I think I just felt stuck. Like whenever I'm home, I feel stuck. And then it wasn't until I booked my plane tickets to come back here that I was like, okay, I can enjoy home now. I guess I have a different experience just because every time I go home is usually less than a month. So my time schedule is like very crunch. I'm like trying to meet with everyone, catch up with everyone. So I have a very like, I have a deadline that I'm knowing that I'm going to come back. Um, so actually my time in Hong Kong um, passed by really quickly but um, in addition to like all the infrastructure and like buildings changing in Hong Kong I feel like in terms of my relationship with my friends are also very different because we've grown apart from each other for such a long time especially because I moved at 16. That's the time when most of the Hong Kong students will be grinding for DSE, which is the college entrance exam. And I feel like when you're like during that period of grinding, that's how a lot of like the really strong friendships are built on. So a lot of my friends, they, they got to like go through that and they bond over that, but I wasn't there for it. And also just in general, being in college and university, I think we've changed so much as a person have learned so much intellectually when I went back and like catch up with my friends I do feel a disconnect there when I'm having conversation with them yeah I feel that I feel like if you were to have me talk to someone who was born and raised in Hong Kong and have just like small talk because we're so good at doing that small talk in yeah. the u.s like especially when we go like to grow to go get groceries you just have a lengthy conversation with the person so i feel like college trained me for that but then if you were to put me in hong kong and have that mm-hmm. same kind of small talk conversation i wouldn't know what to say at all like i can't make small talk in cantonese anymore and like to add on to that like i was just thinking about it today like it's so interesting how like here people we um, we greet people and we we'll say, oh, hi, how are you? And then have a little small talk. But then in Hong Kong, I literally don't know how to translate that conversation in Cantonese. You know, like, mm. I'll just say hi, I guess. <laughs> but like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird to just ask random people, how are you? And then the pressure to answer, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not <laughs> Oh my God, when people at the store are like checking you out and they're all like, mm-hmm. hey, and I'm like, uh don't talk to me don't perceive yeah. me yeah okay oh wait then wait i have a okay, question okay, okay. for christian oh okay because then so well because like we were just talking about like talking differences like you know, it's like okay between north and socal like we're all there's not that many besides different words but then so is there a difference like how crystal and summer are talking about when you go back to houston was just conversing with people um <laughs> well like like how people like talk different in different states i don't know like californians supposedly talk fast like i i honestly can't really tell like much of a difference when i go back to houston i feel like i even use like like when i like when i say like y'all here i feel like that's like not that's like the same thing between going to different Mm -hmm. places i don't know i just feel like i carry myself here i'm like oh yeah like i'm 
I guess like the Texas girl like I'm from Texas and I <laughs> acknowledge that I'm not I like I wasn't raised here so I feel like I'm in a position where it's like okay now it's time for me to learn all of these new things and I feel like I'm more open to learning more about California because even before the way people talk about California in Texas is so is it so like, like the scary yeah. liberals? Yeah, the scary liberals, and like I mean, I kind of believe that too. When I before I moved to LA, <laughs> but I think like you know, getting to know people, you know, who are from like the Bay Area or Sacramento, it's like oh, I didn't know there's like farmland here because of course that makes sense. Yeah, we grow fruit, and even like when it comes to conversations about you know when we're talking about the environment, because you know, LA is a lot more environmentally aware of things even though there's still a big like pollution problem and smog issue yeah but yeah when it comes to like going back to houston like conversations about you know like recycling <laughs> or reduced reuse recycle. yeah or even just like the way that we talk about how we're like oh no fracking is like so bad where it's like i have so many friends who work in like petroleum companies who are like just trying to navigate their way through and like you know make a living for themselves and it's like i don't think i can talk about you know the issues of my like the get, climate crisis yeah like that <laughs> like when i'm home the language i feel like i just tiptoe a lot when it comes to trying to say things because i feel like i can't speak as freely as i do here and and i feel like it's not just like regionally because you know it's like i'm with my parents there are more adults that I have to talk with and be a lot more mm -hmm. respectful. Whereas I feel like when, you know, when you're with the same groups of people and you're going through things like college, like there's less of a filter when it comes to um, communicating with each other than when I go home. But yeah, I don't know. Do you like ever feel like I have a Southern accent? Because I don't think so. No, I've never noticed it. So I'm like... I'm like, have I been sold a lie no. about people from Texas having an accent? Because there are several people also at LMU from Texas, and I feel like I did not, I never met a Southern Belle or whatever. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's like someone who was like, act like yeehaw, but like yeah. unironically. I mean, I like know. I don't like. There are definitely when it comes to like wardrobe and stuff. Mm. Like I definitely do see like the difference between how people dress in Los Angeles than in Houston because I feel like I dress more like I. Like here, when I go back home, and so I feel like I'm more aware of, oh, like I'm not wearing mm -hmm. this like certain type of jean or like I'm not one to be wearing like boots, like cowboy boots a lot, or wearing because like you know that's a, like a that's like a style choice that's like often seen mm -hmm. like when I'm back home. I mean that's like the stereotypes mm -hmm. that people place in different states and like different even NorCal and SoCal yeah. there's different stereotypes, and I think like being someone who didn't grow up here like in the united states in general and looking in from an outside perspective it's like damn like the u.s really <laughs> yeah. tricked us into thinking yeah, yeah. Like, so good gets sold a lot and of lies. yeah and it's here. like i feel like the whole thing of you're going from one bubble into another bubble is i feel like an experience that you need to have growing up because i feel like if you're growing up in one space your whole life you don't really see the you know mm -hmm. the lies that you've been told a lot of the time yeah. when you're growing like up like people who people who like grow up in small towns and yeah. stay there I'm like whoa like I don't know it just sounds like such a different experience mm -hmm. to me yeah or like because even like even 
Even like Sacramento has its like but, small like, town moments. Like there's three malls. I'm gonna see someone from high school if I go to the freaking mall, right? Like that's just how it is. Or I'm gonna if I go on the plane, I'm gonna sit next to a fellow alum of St. Francis Catholic <laughs> High School. Wow. That's just how it is. But it's like it's like not so small that I like I feel suffocated. But like I feel like that's why a lot of people leave Sacramento because it's like I want to go live somewhere else. So people who like stay i mean not to disrespect and also it's a privileged thing to having the ability to leave but it's like it's just such a different lifestyle that it's like hard to picture but is it a lie if that's well, all you I, know i mean i, I guess think it it's is like, but like I think you don't know anything lies everywhere. yeah i feel like there's lies <laughs> like people tend to overgeneralize and stereotype a lot of things right because it's easier to explain than like go into a whole conversation of like you know here's california like here is it regionally and here's it all here it is all yeah. broken down when like when it comes down yeah, to it, it's like, we look at, a, like, I guess, a political map and we're like, oh, my God, it's the liberal yeah. state. Yeah, well, because then I was going to say that's a perfect example because it's like California is like this liberal wonderland or whatever. And it's like there are the, I think mo- if you looked at all the counties on a map, there's more red counties. This is more people live in the blue counties. But it's like re- like just land wise, like most of California is mm-hmm. like more conservative and more with like more yeehaw or whatever, but like yeehaw conservative and like just more, I don't know, Republican or whatever. But it's like and then in like the big cities, it's like that's where like mostly Democrats live. But even then, it's like there's still we still have the same issues in like the big liberal cities. Like there's still a lot of racism. There's still a lot of housing issues. There's still a lot of climate issues and stuff too. Where it's like yeah. you just get sold lies everywhere. I mm-hmm. think that's just how it I works. I think also just growing. I think also just growing that that like that's true. Like living here for about five years now because I you know when you think of LA you're like oh my god Hollywood like movies being made and it's like you don't think about like that it's just a city that people just live in. Mm-hmm outside of like west hollywood and like you know, i guess mm-hmm. like most of west la you know and you're like oh like look at all these different places in like east la and there's such a history here for different like ethnic groups and stuff and i think that's what's more interesting to me now after living here for a while than like you know where more so like the influencers and all the hollywood people live because there's such like a more I don't know. Like, it's not as flashy as Hollywood and all it's that. It's not as glam. Yeah, and it's, it's like, there's, there's like, a history mm-hmm. when, like, you go to, like, different places in, like, East L.A. Or, like, when I, like, visit, like, when I visit Madison or, like, other people in, like, the South Bay and, like, that's its whole thing. I'm afraid of people here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't, also, it's, like, I feel like coming here has gotten me to, like, learn more about just other Asian Americans because... Like, I feel like I bring it up in, like, probably every other episode of this podcast, but it's, like, I don't know the Asian-American experience outside of my own, so to meet people like Crystal and Summer who are, like, oh, we, like, moved from Hong Kong, it's, like, oh, so, like, there's even a difference within, like, you know, this group, and there's still so many differences, even though there are similarities between, like, you know, lives that we live, like, here and there, it's, like, we are all just different yeah. people when it comes down to it. You know, like, how people perceive California, like, looking in, how LA is just Hollywood and stuff. Um, I feel like just the broader world in general often sees the U.S., mm-hmm. like, America, as California. Yeah. And, like, even a lot of older Asian parent, like, gener- like relatives that I know, 
Um, all they know about the U.S. is just Santa yeah, Monica right. and the Hollywood. That's so specific. God, it's so disgusting there. I never want to go to Santa Monica. The beach, the pier, <laughs> the tourists. It's just so funny because it's like there are fifty states, yeah, and ev- like what people know is just um, either New York or I think New York or LA or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of middle there. Missing- you don't really get a feel of what that place is until you live there mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and I feel like, like even with the stereotype that we talked about just now of Texas and how like oh my people gosh. who wear like the cowboy it was boots like and people like the first time people would meet me, they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know Asians lived in Texas." And I'm like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> "There are Asians everywhere." <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so I feel like I wouldn't have known how to break that stereotype and slam yeah. someone there. Which is you. Mm-hmm. Yay. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of times, like, the image of the U.S. is very dominated by the Hollywood and just, like, films and media in general. And that's how it's always, like, like in a movie, it's always, like, glam- glamorous and everything. And that's how people see the U.S. Well, one thing that I realized, um, like, being in Hong Kong and also because I was abroad like a semester i realized that all these other countries actually report u.s news but then the u.s doesn't really focus on like news of the other countries Mm. um and so yeah u.s i feel like is just put highly on a pedestal which it shouldn't because like it's not the greatest place to live in it really isn't yeah but people think it is that's why we move here yeah and then it's like like, I feel like, too, with, like, just, like, with, like, immigration stuff, too, it's, like, the narratives, like, we get, like, sold surrounding that. Like, I feel, like, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to, like, speak from, like, an immigrant perspective, but I feel like a lot of people who are born and raised here, when they look at it, like, they have that very, like, like, glamorized view of, like, America's so great because we offer the the American dream and we let we let all these people come mm-hmm. and like because you know we let them come here because it's better than where they come from and we save them from wherever they come from this and that like people get so like into that and act get this whole like complex about like you know basically like birthright i guess like being like i'm born here this is my country but i'm letting these other people come in to save them from like wherever they're coming from yeah and it's just like can you just read a book or something like i just need people to like mm-hmm. look outside of themselves for a second and not get like a whole complex about I mean, that also because uh-huh. most people who are born here like literally unless you're indigenous like this isn't automatically your country because you were just born here like somebody just decided that birthright would be a thing in the supreme court a long time ago and also colonialism so <laughs> i mean it's sad that that rhetoric translates though yeah like that rhetoric of this being you know we're letting people in and that rhetoric of um, like we're better like it's mm-hmm. the better option like you should come here yeah it translates though like people like i mean me like i adore the u.s like western like culture and stuff too mm-hmm. and a lot of people did like in hong kong a lot of my friends yeah. did at one point it's like, yeah it's, or it's like it's sad the problems that people like other countries experience like at least like speaking for the philippines just in a lot of i feel like it's fair to say a lot of just the, you know the different issues they've had in like the decades since like america literally just made like let them be independent in the 40s so it's like i feel like a lot of the problems that like 
they've had since. Like, the things that drove my grandparents and my relatives to live here are kind of, you know, kind of a consequence of, like, American involvement in the country. So it's, like, are like the U.S. goes around creating or, like, not really caring if they cause other problems to happen in other countries. And then, like, so it's, like, literally an American-made problem in, like, places that, like, kind of results in people coming here. And then, like, people get all, like, gatekeepy about it. Like, oh, and I'm, like... Bro, it's because you messed up, you know, whatever. At least with, like, the Philippines, like, there was a lot of things there that were messed up. I mean, yeah, it's, like, colonialism. that's kind of, like, what happens when you're considered, like, the world's policeman, right? Like, you just... The world's there. superpower. Yeah, like, I had a history a... book that called America the world's Aww. superpower. It's just weird, because it's, like, here's this country who thinks nope. they have the right to just go anywhere and, like, yeah. be anywhere when, like, borders are a thing. I don't know. It's just... Or, like, they enforce, it's, like, we enforce borders here, but we don't listen to other people's borders, so we go into other places, and we're, like, what? And I'm, like, why? No. Think. Yeah, Think about it. Conclusion, yeah. the perception of yeah. America globally has all led us to be here yeah. in America wow. at different points in time. Wow. America sus. <laughs> okay. That's that conclusion. Like, yeah. America sus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like people who have been, I don't know, I don't want to say uncultured, maybe just people who are in their bubble all the time, they don't feel, they they do feel that the U.S. is superior. It's like crazy how people just internalize that idea too. Back in Hong Kong, like when we see white people, I don't know why, like we'll respect them more or even products that are made in the U.S. is somehow better. Yeah, everyone bought Hollister. Oh yeah, I was a big fan when they first opened in Hong Kong. My mom is a big fan. (laughs) Yeah, same. I was too. (laughs) Capitalism. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I think we should wrap up here at capitalism. Yeah, capitalism, like we usually do. (laughs) The root. Yes. The root cause. Yes. Just like every episode ends. The root cause of everything. (laughs) Um. Thank you, Summer and Crystal, for being guests on our podcast uh me and madison clap 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 me and madison will also be guests on their podcast some episode in the future yes Um, yeah for the next episode um, but summer and crystal do you want to plug in your podcast and i guess any social media accounts that yeah or summer the marketing major you can do oh oh follow us on instagram at made in hong kong pod and you can also find our podcast on spotify it's called made in hong kong yes and tune in next week because i think we're gonna talk about being women in film yeah and just the entertainment industry oh yes yeah <laughs> bread and butter oh yes Yes. Get ready for angst. Everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Pineapple Headache. Madison, would you say, it's... or Madison Crystal and Summer, would you say that this episode has been a headache? America is. Uh, headache. Yes, it's giving me a headache <laughs> thinking about it. Okay, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. See you Bye. at the next headache.